Got a beautiful book in front of me. It's out today from one of our favourite guests and incredible New Zealand author, Paula Morris. It's called Hiwa, Contemporary Māori Short Stories, and it's a unique anthology focusing on the talents of well-known authors and also emerging Māori writers in Aotearoa. The book itself has four of its short stories written only in te reo. The rest are in English. And to tell us more about Hiwa and the incredible authors included in the collection, Paula Morris is with me in studio. Hi, Paula. Kia ora, Jesse. Always nice to see you. Very nice to see you too. Um, congratulations on this book. It looks beautiful, by the way. It is a very beautiful looking book, and, and I encourage people to go pick it up, get their hands on it. The The graphic design was done by Haumua, a Maori design company. Lots of collaborators, artistic and literary, in this book. What got you started on this project? I think I was trying to work this out because I became hell-bent a couple of years ago on a contemporary short story anthology because I wanted something, when I go into schools and you know I visit lots of classes as well as teaching at a university, I feel there's a real demand for really great short stories written now by a variety of very good people. And I know that we're in a particularly good moment, I think, for Maori fiction writing. As you say, in te reo as well as in English, really wide range from our elder statespeople like Patricia Grace and Wati Ihamaira, who are still actively writing short stories, down to people who have never published a book. And in fact, some people, their stories are appearing in print for the first time. Mm. So are the stories written specifically for this anthology? Uh, no, I wanted to cast quite a wide net mm. because I know from my own experience, when people demand new work for an anthology, that knocks a lot of people out immediately because you're too busy. Mm-hmm. Or you just dash something off and then the story's not really great. So I was trawling through the last couple of decades of anthologies and collections. I was also talking to writers directly. But then we did a big open call and got over 100 stories from people. Now, some of these have been published somewhere, but not many people have read them. Uh, Sometimes people are rewriting them. But almost half of the stories in the book are new. They've never been published anywhere else. I recall you... um brought in an anthology of, I think it was Emerging Asian Writers in New Zealand, maybe last year, year before. Any parallels in putting those two collections together? So that anthology was a clear dawn, New Asian Voices yeah. from Aotearoa New Zealand, which I co-edited with Alison Wong. So that difference is it was a bigger anthology because it was poetry and non-fiction uh-huh. as well as fiction. And we ended up with 75 writers, which was crazy. And if anyone's ever tried to deal with 75 writers, they know <laughs> what madness it was. Yeah. But I did learn some lessons from that. Um, I learned that what was really useful, I think, to a lot of people was the little biographical introductions to each writer and a little bit about the piece itself. Mm. So for this book, I wrote a short introduction for each story, just a little bit of context, maybe some things that the writer could share. So people have way in, ways into the stories rather than just seeing yet another and yet another. Because the styles are really varied, yeah. subjects are varied, some are historical, some are speculative or fantasy, some are comic, some are tragic, some are romantic. Mm-hmm. And there are some names that people will recognise as well, like our award winners, Becky Manawatu, mm-hmm. Fiti Hereaka. But there'll be lots of names people don't recognise, and I, I wanted to draw them in to all the work in there. Did you have any moments lying awake in bed wondering if you'd forgotten anyone? Yes, and <laughs> also... There were some people who were not forgotten, but, you know, chose not to contribute something. They didn't want to write a story or they didn't feel that this was the time and place or they're not really story writers because they're busy writing novels or they're writing nonfiction. 
So there'll be some well-known Māori names who don't appear in the anthology, but I think it's a really good snapshot of fantastic Māori fiction writing now. And in these stories, um, do the writers sort of tend to wear their Māori tanga on their on their sleeve? Is it um, does it differ from story to story? It differs wildly because that was one thing that was really important to me. People are in this collection because they are Māori. They have Māori whakapapa. It's not because of subject matter or theme or we're not trying to impose some sort of, you know, te ao Māori onto the yeah. collection because there are people here writing who live in Canada, who live in the US, who live in Australia, and they're writing about very different experiences. We've got people who, you know, I mean, there's stories in here like Shelley Burnfield's one that will seem like a quite traditional oral storytelling, you know, piece of story within a story that many readers will find quite familiar in tone. But there are others that are, are wildly different from that. Jack Ramil Cottrell's um, flash fiction, which is often comic and takes the, the, the form of a list. Or Nick Twemlow, who's a poet in another life based in the US, who uses a completely unusual form of punctuation for his story and um, makes you read it in an entirely different way. And in fact, some writers, when they were submitting work to me, said, well, the story you've chosen doesn't seem, you know, my most Maori story. And I'm, I'm not really interested in that, to be honest. <laughs> I'm interested in the best possible work and stories that will entertain and grab and engage readers. Who's the anthology for? It's for both the general readers. So anyone who's hearing this and thinks I must go out to my local shop and buy one, I encourage them to do so. Um, hopefully it will be useful as well for teachers and students who will you know, find plenty that will suit them and some things that are probably quite unsuitable uh, age-wise. And I'm just hoping it will elevate a lot of writers who possibly people don't know yet into the public eye. So they'll read a short story by Anthony Lapwood, say, a fantastic long story in, uh, in the collection, historical and speculative, and then go out and buy his short story collection, Home Theatre, which won Best Fest Book at the Occam's this year really enjoyed your, um, outside of your literary work, your love affair with Korea. I have to check in every time we, we bring you in. I have to ask, <laughs> how's it going? Well, it's ongoing. It's, it, we've just finished the International Film Festival here in Auckland. So, of course, I saw Korean films and as well as Chinese films and Japanese what films. What was the really big one? Fade Away or something? Well, Past Lives, which is Past an American Lives, Korean film. And yes. I saw it twice in one week because I went to the press screening and I interviewed the director too, oh, which great. was fascinating. Apparently she was amazing, yeah. Oh, really fantastic. Uh, I'm doing a second stage one Korean paper this semester, which is really difficult. You're learning the language. Learning the language and listening, learning to write, learning to speak. I'm better at writing than at listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's symbolic. Um, <laughs> it's it's really hard, and it's it's harder to learn a language as you get older, but my passion for Korean drama and film remains, obviously. Fantastic. Hey, nice to have you in. Paula Morris is editor of Hiwa. Contemporary Māori short stories out today.